This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Sorcerer will release their new album, Lamenting of the Innocent, via Metal Blade Records. With Lamenting of the Innocent, the band let their influences shine through, breaking up the epic doom with flavors of prog, post-metal, classic heavy metal, and hard rock. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash sorcerer. Once again, Lamenting of the Innocent, the new record from Sorcerer. Purchase your copy now, metalblade.com slash sorcerer. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. How's everybody doing? I'm your host, Petra Spych. I'm always joined by... Hey, dog. It's Brandon Hahn. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. <laughs> and... I'm Sylvia. You can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at it's the Sylvia. And if you guys want to follow our other co-host, Joslyn Sharp, that's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that is at Joslyn Sharp. You want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook, Twitter, Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, I get to talk to Flora Janssen from Nightwish. We're here to talk about their latest record, Human Nature, which just came out a month ago. It's out right now, guys. Great chat. But before we jump into that chat, as always, let's talk a little bit about that Metal Sucks news. That's right. New concert safety guidelines won't allow moshing or crowd surfing. So the Event Safety Alliance reopening guide is saying that after the COVID pandemic, when concerts do open, whenever that phase happens to the world, moshing and crowd surfing is a no-go. Well, the one thing with moshers and crowd surfers is they are known for paying attention to the rules. (laughs) Who's going to stop a mosh pit, Well, I'm just saying, those things happen in the moment. Um, Out here, I've seen people, I've seen actually mosh pits get stopped by huge security guards at like a house of blues. Right. Okay. I have yeah, seen but it that's happen. A yeah. venue. But the second the song, the, then on, on the flip side of that, I, I'll never forget a story that I went out. Me and Brandon were at this show. It was Black Sabbath and Pantera, an incubus open for them, if you remember. And uh, they had folding chairs. All over the floor, right? Okay. For Black Sabbath. And it was right before Pantera took the stage. And I remember looking over and I'm like, yeah, those chairs aren't going to be there the second Pantera hits the uh-huh. stage. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough. Were you right? Yeah, come out and Phil and someone's like, get those chairs the fuck out. And they just fly everywhere. All you see these, like, that's what I'm saying. It's really up to, to me, the front man. If the front man, if you got Randy from Lama Guy or Phil or, you know, anybody saying, yeah. Start that fucking pit up. The fans are rabid. They're going to listen. I'm just thinking, like, who is going to, like, the wall of death, like that kind of mosh pit? Who is going to stop that? Well, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, if you get, if you're a security (laughs) guard. You get in the middle with a whistle. Yeah, if you're you're a security guard and you get into the middle of the wall of death, you're a part of the wall of death. Like, now you're going to get hit from both ends. But the guys from the wall of death, you had to worry about one one direction getting hit. If you're in the middle of the wall of death, you're getting it from every angle. It's like a, it's like that scene in Jurassic Park with the velociraptors where they just attack that 
one guy at the Let me ask you this. Different <laughs> angles. Clever girl. Let me ask you both this, guys. Uh. Jurassic Park references. I love it. If you're on the other side of the wall of death and you're waiting for the band to say go, right? And you see the security guard right in your line of hitting him, would you hit him? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're earning your money. You're like, I'm getting. There would be six people hitting that poor security yeah, guard in the can't. middle. It's I, like I, right I, in the middle. You cannot. I would. Hope, I'd avoid. I would him. hope. I would not. Yeah, I would hope yeah. that he wouldn't turn around. Him, Sylvia? Well, Sylvia. I mean, like you know, you're gonna bounce right off him. But, like, <laughs> but like, you don't know that. Yeah, but like me or Pete, like I would make sure that the the security guard at least didn't have their back turned because I've gotten blasted in the back and not paid attention, and you know That's your head blessed. snaps back. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. So I would at least have a little common courtesy for that, but if they see me coming right away and they're holding out their hand like, you know, stop. And you've made eye contact. And I'm like, oh, oh I'm not done. stopping. I'm not stopping. No. So, I mean, I can see people not wanting to mosh or crowd surf, but again, knowing our metal fan base, knowing the crowd, knowing the youth, knowing the drunkards, if I may. We always have to add the again. drunkards, okay? Mm-hmm. The rules, they can't really change them, man. Look, People are going to do the nonsense that they want. If they're going to be moshing, yeah. what's going to happen is, is there's going to be a couple of people that... And I'm talking about the first huge concert, okay? okay. Like the first huge concert. Uh, there's That is going to be brimming with so much anxiety and, and people just pent ready. Pent-up aggression. Pent-up yeah. aggression. Mm-hmm. If you're the that that first show might get nuts. They're going to probably have to hire like several more security guards just to make sure that they are smack dab in the middle of of the concert just making sure that things don't go wrong. Now let me ask you this cuz if you if you if you knock it if you stop the first two guys from starting it, then you probably are going to have a good way of stopping it. Yeah. But but when it's 15 20 deep, mm, good luck. If the rules are posted, uh, and this is just this isn't in the article. This is just hypothetical talk because we're talking about it. if the rules are posted. It says no moshing, no crowd surfing, yada yada yada. And you do that. Is there legal recourse? Can you get in trouble? Out of curiosity, I don't think you can. Right? I don't think they you can should. just kick you out of the venue. Yeah, yeah right? they, I think I they would, would just think kick you out of like the venue. Like that's the max. So risk risk versus return. Hey. Slayer reunited, which will happen when the pandemic's over, probably. No, I don't know if that's true. But if during Angel of Death, like like I said, I always think of that because every time the mosh pit at Angel of Death at Slayer concerts, it went crazy. So when they played Angel of Death, for that just not to happen, everybody's watching and headbanging. It's I just it's not feasible. I think with uh, I think crowd surfing yeah. will be easy mm. to stop. That's I think, a punk rock sure. thing. I don't yeah. think metal guy. I don't think metal. I, I don't want to say that's not true, but I just feel like I remember all the punk rock shows that the crowd surfing was a lot more heavy. You know, right? I just remember that. You know, like I growing up. There's a, it's a, it's totally different vibe with it's punk a and metal. Vibe, it's yeah. a completely different vibe with punk and metal. Uh, but uh, like metal to me is more aggressive, so that's where the moshing comes mm-hmm. in. Where punk rock is more uh, out of control, and that's yeah. where you're diving onto a stranger and hoping they don't let you land on your face. You remember those? Like, I mean, they still happen, but the hardcore pits where the kids are throwing their fists and doing spin kicks and stuff like that. Technically, that's still allowed, right? You, you know what? I'm going to tell you the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life is social distancing crowd, like moshing. Like, mm-hmm. And all it is is just people uh, just, throwing fists. just throwing their yeah. fist in the air. Oh, I it, saw a friend get his tooth knocked out on accident because some dude did a spin kick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And, and right. I was like, because you just keep backing up because you don't know where they're going to go because it's like there's this burst of energy. I think that's the worst thing that's ever happened to this scene in the in history. Absolutely. Is, is, is those hardcore kids doing those. I hate that shit. Yeah, because they're just by themselves. They're about six feet away from the next person. They're yeah. just swinging their arms I and saw, legs. You know, it's, it's funny. So yeah, I saw a girl. Some guy did a windmill with his arm back into the crowd and I saw him break this girl's nose or her nose busted no. open. And my thing is... Ruin the show. See, if yeah, you're going to do I that... I just left. If you're going to yeah. do that and you know there's people behind you, yeah. you're doing you're that on purpose. So you want to hit someone else. 
yeah. in the yeah. face. It, it's not. It's not that you're just. It's not like moshing where you're just throwing your whole body. Into you still something. have to be careful if you're you going to be doing that. And you that's the elbow, guy, though. Yeah, that's the worst case scenario. That guy that's going to windmill his fist back into a crowd, not knowing who's going to hit. That's the guy that we have to tell not to mosh or crowd surf. Not well, us, where we're like, it's cool. That's the guy who also uh, gets a karate chop in the neck because mm-hmm. so how you how else is a he going to learn? Karate chop. How in else the is neck. he going to learn? In the jugular. Yes, that doesn't hurt, dude. I want to hit the five. <laughs> I'm going to do the five pressure point. <laughs> a karate chop. A karate to the chop neck. to the neck. You're going to go. Oh, you're saying that doesn't hurt. No. You're saying it doesn't hurt. I'm sure it hurts it. less than Sylvia. a fist. Let me do Sylvia, it. give Pete a quick chop in the neck. Not in the Adam's apple. <laughs> See there. You go. Okay, yeah. That's where I was. So now it's got to be right, dude. Don't let her hit me. Yeah. Well, you were just saying it's not going to. Hurt. I'm like, you're trying to tell well, me a karate chop it. in the neck? Sylvia, me and you, let's wall a death him because he said you'd bounce off the security I'm guard. Sure. Let's do it right well, now. Let's off, wall a death If you wall a death me, you're going to push me into her and she's going to be the one that falls. <laughs> you go low, I go, go high. I'm going to go through the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be just like one of those, you know, those balls at a psychiatrist's office where you let yes. one loose and it slaps into the other one? That's what would happen to poor, poor <laughs> Sylvia. That's some slapstick comedy, though. That is some slapstick comedy, and that's prop. But it's also physics. It would probably be really <laughs> it's funny. Also it'd phys- be really funny, though. If okay to us, yes, <laughs> it would be funny to you. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. So I believe we will all follow the guidelines <laughs> when it's allowed. But I also feel like uh, this is going to be tough to enforce. You know, yes. I, I, well, I, it, moshing has always been hard to enforce. Like know, again, yeah. you can't expect five guys yeah. to stop. Uh, like thousands of people at, at any given moment from just starting one up. Now, thousands is definitely a stretch, but even yeah. tens of people, whenever you go to some of these concerts and stuff, you'll see, here's a mosh pit over here. Here's a mosh pit yeah. over here. Here's a mosh pit. Yeah. When before it was, that's the pit, just head towards the pit. Yeah. Now there's like 15, 20, six, seven person have mosh pits all like, over the place. Have you guys seen like older concerts, like maybe a few years ago where there's like mosh pits and everybody's like bunched up together? Oh, hold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, I see those and I'm like, man, you can't really do that anymore. Like, no one cares about, like, a pandemic or anything. Well, because back in those days, again, it wasn't the people throwing their fists back and elbows. They they all just slammed their bodies into one another. They would just go in a circle. I'm just saying in general, just, like, seeing a concert and, like, seeing all those people bunched up together. What she's saying is that you're going to, people are going to be distant away from each other. They're not going to be pushed up against a barricade. They're going to be distant and they're going to be watching the band. I don't know how that's going to be. I don't know how that's possible. Well, I, 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 I don't know if it's possible. Like I said, there's going to be drunk people and people doing their own thing that are going to break the rules. But there's going to be a very large portion of the crowd that's going to be that. That's going to be like, I don't want to be next to somebody. I want to be farther Everyone's back. Everyone's going to be like super careful now. There's going to be a large portion. Let's just say f- if it's so, 50-50. Yeah. So you're going to have people pushed up on the barricade and then you're just going to have nope. people spread out. You don't I don't so? think that at all. I think if you are just like, fuck this virus, which by the way, if you are going to go to any concert, whether there is social distancing or not, mm-hmm. there's you're going to be, or you're already going to be too close. You're already going to be bunched up with someone. Yeah. So when you get to a metal show and then you're like, all right, finally, I'm finally at a show. Now it's time to follow the rules. Like that's, that's yeah. not how it's going to work, dude. They're already, they, they're already close enough and I'm sure there's going to be enough people that are going to go, dude, I'm already here. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. I, I, I know. And that, you said it earlier. We go to shows to unwind, to let the pent out aggression, to sing our songs with our heroes. You know, we we really let ourselves go in those moments when the lights are off and the band's on the stage, and to have to be hyper aware of your surroundings. I think that kills the whole yeah, reason. Exactly. Yeah. And my thing is, is that, like I brought up a couple of episodes before. Uh, you know, like how gardeners wear those shirts to avoid scratches and stuff. Yeah. Like you, if you are one of these people that is worried, then you can wear one of those shirts mm-hmm. and you can wear a mask. 
you know, and you'll be touching people, but it, you'll also have a barrier of your shirt be, between sure. them. You know, I mean, yeah, you're going to be hot as hell in that show. Let me ask you this. If you're somebody that is the total opposite and you're like, I don't give a shit and you see that person, does that ruin your time? Uh, are you talking about if if I'm somebody who does give a shit and I see somebody who clearly doesn't give a shit? Yeah. Would that ruin my time? Mm-hmm. It probably would. Hmm. See, it probably that's, would. That's, a, that's another factor but that thing, we have to think about. But, my, but again, though, is that, as a some, community, we don't want to have this like you inner, are right. Yeah. You are right. But again, if you're a band yeah. and you're like, who am I going? Who am I trying to appease here? The the people that are like, I don't give a fuck. I'm here for you, or the people that are like, no, I love you and everything, but. Uh, uh, like th- the bands are always going to go towards the fans. The people that show up are going to be the ones that the band always mm-hmm. makes accommodations for. Yeah, They're yeah, always going to yeah. do that. Uh, I'm, and again, if you are one of the people that are worried and I, I'm not trying to slam you, you know, I understand why everybody has but. their own individual worries. But what I'm saying is, is like, you can't expect the rules to work in your favor as opposed to the person that looks like they don't give a fuck, like we were talking about. Yeah, it'll be interesting just to see how everything pans out when it actually when we actually have everything. Right. You know? I actually want the venues, and again, I know this pan- pandemic is closing a lot of the venues, and they can't keep up, and that's the shitty part. But I want the venues to give us the rules before we enter. I want the venues to be like, you can't enter this concert without a glove they and will. masks. I hope so. I think some venues will just oh, leave it sure. to the individual, but I think that because here's the thing is that oh bro, there's going to be there's the security guards are going to be in on it. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. going to be emails sent out way before you get yeah. there. Let's, let's and then we'll you, know the rules, happen. and then everybody's like, hey, let's just follow them and go. That will happen. Yeah, yeah. I my, think that's a good thing though. My wife, she's a, a she's a hairdresser. She's actually at the salon right now while we're recording, and uh, all these things, all these new rules that she mm-hmm. had to that she has to now enforce. Does she uh, have to wear a mask while she's she... got to wear a mask while she she's got to wear a mask and something plastic over her face, like a, like almost like not I'm not going to say a welder's helmet, but, but like, kind of like but that. that, but like a piece of plastic yeah. that goes over her face. Yeah. She's got to wear that, and uh, but she reached out to every one of her clients. They're not they're not accepting walk-ins, okay. so every one of her clients knows what they're getting into. Yeah, and she just explained it to them. She's like, and now the first day back. She was hearing all these stories of people spitting and pulling guns on people mm. about masks and all this stuff. So she's a little bit worried. And I go, you got to understand. Pulling guns? Yes. On hairdressers? No, at, just at stores, like at, oh, at, at dollar oh. stores and yeah. stuff okay, like okay, that. Okay, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's You know, people at McDonald's and stuff like that, getting guns pulled on them because they're asking people to wear a mask, you know? That's so uh, But she's like, you know, and she was really worried about that. And I go, you got to understand something. You, you're you're going to be in contact with your with your customers Mm -hmm. and they know what they're getting into before they get there and they have the right to say no before they get there. If you don't explain the rules to them and they get there and you waste their time and you know, if you Mm -hmm. waste their time, now they have a reason to be upset. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a fair thing, man. That's very true. So anyways, uh, hopefully all the venues do that. The next story I wanted to touch on real quick that I, I actually thought was a really good article that Vince wrote here is the, does your age define your taste in metal? So yes, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause as a young person, as you're growing up, you're going to be like all those first experiences, all those memories. That's why nostalgia is so popular. I think a lot of times is that cause you ha- you're tied to certain records and certain things. If you're, like just like say you were born in 1980, Metallica's "Kill 'Em All" is not going to be the record for you. It's going to be probably the Black Album. Let's just say because that's when you were like 11, 12, or 13. That's the one that probably you grabbed you, you know, it, yeah. more than the other ones. And that's that's the way I always thought. Because for me, like 
for me, like Iron Maiden's Brave New World is see, more important. You know, see, I, 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 my albums, because I was born in 79, my mm. albums were, uh, I had three of them that were defining for me. It was uh, ACDC Razor's Edge. Mm. Iron 92, Maiden, right? Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, and Metallica's Injustice for All. Injustice for All. So all, Injustice for All it was about your 10, you know? So, uh, yeah, I was about eight or nine, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that makes sense to me, but I do think that all that stuff when it's new does define. And then us as listeners, I think as things, the older we get, the, the more music gets kind of mashed up. Like they're doing more things that we kind of know. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but they're blending, they're blending different sounds and time signatures and stuff like that. And it's like, we, we kind of classically train our ears to a certain style and way we like it. And then the older we get, the older people get, I've always felt a lot of us, our listening skills aren't the same. I'll tell you this. Because we've experienced it before. The older, so we, we keep our youth with the us. The older we get, it's yeah. harder to shock us. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There has been times where young young, pe- young people that were younger than me, maybe a decade, they're like, listen to this band. And I listen to it, and I like the music. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's a good song. Uh-huh. Like, well, did you, you don't think? And I'm like, well, I already heard that same message and a song very similar to that. 15 years ago, uh-huh. you know, and, and to explain, and then you play that song for them and they don't get it right away. They're like, what are you talking about? And then I'm like, listen to it a couple more times. Uh-huh. And they, and then they're like, all right, I get it. Unfortunately, by the time I hear a lot of these new bands, dude, your, your sound has, I, it's, I've already experienced it before yeah. in another, in, a, in another roundabout way. So it's not as exciting for me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see a bunch of 40 year old guys wearing newer metal band shirts you're never going to see that it's always going to be the slayers it's yeah. always going to be the iron maidens mm-hmm. it's you know even though some of these guys that are in these bands are 40 years old but uh, maybe they didn't reach it big just mm-hmm. yet but they're still ho- they're still holding on to that hope yeah so I, I do think that that's a good thing and I, I but that's that's what defines the future of metal i'm over here saying this and pete's wearing an ex mortis shirt and these i'm guys wearing are an like ex mortis shirt <laughs> yeah these guys are like all in their 20s and, and they're excellent too by the way ex mortis is great yeah guys um i was and, thinking about like the bands that i was listening to when i was like 10 mm, yeah simpsons sing the blues i had that tape <laughs> It was it the Bartman? Do the Bartman. Oh my God, I love the Bartman. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was like, I mean, we're talking about 10 years old. Come right. on, man. But no, no. Sorry, was, guys. No, yeah. I was what? Five, no, yeah, three. Yeah, it was like yeah. three or right? two. Yeah. I was three or when two. When Do the Bartman came out, you were like three or two. Yeah, no, when did it come out? Like 91, I, I, I want to say 91 or 92. I was like two uh, or three. Yeah. My, my thing is, is when I remember the first time. She I remembers it though. Yeah. That's a memory. Because my remember? brother was born in 79. Uh, so I know that. All I'm saying is I remember the first time I heard double bass. And that was, and it, for me, it was, no, it was Metallica. Oh, okay. It was Metallica uh. one. That part with the breakdown. Like Lars. Lars is nailing it on that. And then uh, I just remember how blown away I was by that. When I figured out, I'm like, he's doing that with his feet? Oh, my God. How did that not turn you into a drummer? uh, I didn't have the attention span for music at Uh, the time. You know, I had the attention span for screaming and jumping and jumping off my stairs and rocking out and uh, whatever, but I did not have the attention span to learn it. But... uh, but again, but then, but then maybe ten years later, I was probably in my twenties at that time, and then I heard Fear Factory's demanufacture, and uh, the, the, he murdered it on that. Yeah. that. All that that whole song was double bass, yeah. and he basically made what Lars did. Was like, well, I mean, that's good, Lars, but uh, yeah. what Raymond did was uh, exactly so. But yeah, so I think that 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 plays, but that's also fair. I I I, I want every generation to have their own bands, to have their own scene, to have their own thing. So unfortunately, ours for me, dude, most of my twenties was uh, new metal. 
you know, and I went to a lot of those concerts, didn't love the bands, but I didn't care. I just wanted to see live music. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a band like Stained, who I don't like, you know, right. but I was like, I'm going to the show, you know, and uh, that was my 20s or, or like, or like, I'm sorry, teenage years and 20s was kind of during that time frame. But the, the fact of the matter is, is what I remember distinctly distinctively is that it got me into other genres of music, but the scene and the crowd and the concerts were packed. Mm -hmm. People love this fucking music. They love the heavy sound and the music at that time. And I think that was important. And I think that's where like the younger generations, I hope they have that same thing with whatever genres going on with, I've seen a lot of the, the newer bands and I don't feel the crowds are the same as when I was going up in the, to the Godsmack days right. or whatever. And the last one I do want to touch on is a band that we, you know, we grew up and associate with that we saw many times in the heyday and that's System of a Down. Um, obviously, the members of System of a Down, I find it very interesting that they go back and forth in the press kind of talking shit about why a new record's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. This week, Serge is saying that he's going to release an EP, a solo EP, that should have been material for the next System of Down that record. That makes me sad. I know, and and I felt that um, when See, it Darren doesn't, it doesn't make me sad. Darren, Darren sad. put out the Last Scars of Broadway CD during the press tour, and I remember he stated the same thing. He's like, "Yeah, these records were supposed to be for System of a Down," and then you listen to the Scars on Broadway, and then we'll listen to this EP, and and, and then you hear you got John the drummer saying, "Hey, I don't know if we'll ever put out a record again," and so you've got all the guys not on the same page, but. To me, it makes me sad, like Sylvia was saying, but to me, it's like, what's the incentive to see them live when you know... They're they, not friends or They're not friends. But this is the thing with that band, though. I think that even though it looks like they're taking shots, I don't think it's a taking shot thing. I think it's... There's four guys that can work together. This isn't a Motley Crue thing where they literally fucking hate each other and they're mm. only doing, you know. Uh, but I'm I not, mean, I'm not going to say they're best friends, mm. but they at least respect each other enough to be like, look, guys, mm -hmm. let's just let's just go out there and make that paycheck real quick. It's sad. This is where and I disagree, then when you though. Watch, but they, and then when you watch them do the same songs that they've been doing over and over and over again, their heart isn't into it. Yeah. So, I, like, how am I supposed to... When you're... That's the one... That's the most important thing, I think when it comes to bands putting out new material is it also keeps you into the old material. It also, because now you're doing a new song and you're giving it your all where you're, that energy's still going to be there. You're not going to go back to the one song you sang a hundred thousand times and go, all right, let me lower the energy. Now I'm bored again. Mm -hmm. No, you, you, you're already, you're there now. That's why yeah. a lot of the times you see bands start off with a new song because it sets the tone. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And we just saw tool recently. And, and they started off and with their music. Started, but all that new music really made the experience so special. And and System of a Down, I mean, I remember seeing them um, when Toxicity came out in a small venue right before they exploded. It was on Valentine's Day, as a matter of fact. And I'm telling you, man, we saw them open for Primus, you know, before they got really 90s, popular as yeah. well. At the late 90s. And, and this was is on my 20th such birthday. an important band. Like, they're amazing. They're one of the most popular bands ever. And I think it's a disservice. And and the only I was going to go back before we move on into the interview and say, like, when you say you think they get along, they're not on a Motley Crue situation. But through the media, if they respect each other, wouldn't they kind of stop saying? Why wouldn't Serge just say, like, yeah, this EP is just material of me kind of doing rock stuff? Why would he say this should have been a system record? I, I, Probably I to uh, promote it. Promote it. And That's to it. get, like, people's attention. Yeah. Yeah, and that's he even mentioned toxicity. He goes, "It's not toxicity, but it is toxicity." Laughs, meaning that he's comparing it to their landmark record, you right? Know? But so. but again, though, I, with a band like that, 
when they came out with their sound, nothing at all sounded like them. Still to this day, nothing sounds like mm-hmm. System of No, their four records are, are Because great, they're yeah. all over the place. Five that's, records, whatever. That's, that's yeah. one of those bands where it's like, it's this chaos. It, it, there is a lot of, it goes all over the place. It's not the same beat for the songs. It's all over the place. But, but there's still a, 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 still a beauty to it. But that's it. what I'm saying. They managed to create yeah. this controlled chaos and it was beautiful. It mm-hmm. was cool. So I cannot, I, when you had a band like that, it, I think it would be super hard to get everybody on your page when you are, when you have multiple writers in the band like that band does to get everybody all on the same page. And when you make it happen, it is beautiful. I mean, you look at the Beatles, you look at John and Paul and the songs that they wrote and the songs that they wrote on their own. Love some of the songs that Paul McCartney wrote on his own. Love the songs Lennon wrote on his own. Are they anywhere near as good as the as the dozens and dozens and dozens of amazing Beatles songs? I'm going to say no. So without the fight, you're saying the songs don't have the... There is... That's what I'm saying. There's the, a compromise. The, the, growth, the, the what, fight and the compromise. Yeah, I guess. The fight and the compromise. Yeah. So it's like when you, when, you, when, you, when you have two artists that are kind of trying to bang heads and stuff, the beauty is the compromise. Mm-hmm. And they had that. But the older you get, and we just talked about it, compromise, you start to throw it out the window. I know better. I've been here. So you get your own band. You start creating your own sound. And your memories are the way things happen. And the other person's memories are the way things happen. And they're not the same memories. And I also think, too, that this is the media. How, like, what exactly was said? How was, how was it phrased? Inflection. How was the inflection? And, and it's like, uh, and on top of that, how many times do you get asked the same fucking question and then you got to be like, well, and then you just give an answer on the spot. And maybe you're just kind of like, oh, fuck, I didn't mean to do that. But Jesus Christ, get out of my face. How am I, suppo- how am I supposed to promote this new record? Yeah. Mm. I know I'm going to get asked the same goddamn question every time. Maybe that's why he added like the system of a down. Just like, just like you said. Bit. See, I agree. With, I agree with that. Where it's Darren like, did it with his scars on Broadway. Yeah. He said the same thing. He goes, These, this would have been the next system of down record. He said when he released so that I, record. I think when they yeah. say it, this could have been on that record, it's like, Oh, it would have been like really good because right. it would have been good enough for System of a Down. But but yeah, like these songs, like Serge is like, this would have been the next record if Darren came in and changed a bunch of shit and we yelled about it for 15 songs, 15, 15 uh, days. Then this song could have been on the next System of a Down record and we put, could have put our own input in and it could have had the magic. Yeah. But now it's just my vision. So with that, guys, I know we love talking about System of a Down's yeah. new record. I, I think we'll get one one day. I am positive on that. I really think we do. Positive. So I'm positive though. Okay, wait, Mark, wait, wait. What's, okay, what's now today? when what's you today? when Mark you say today? positive, are you just kind of like you're not negative, or are you like I'm positive? I'm 100 positive. We're gonna get a. Record. They will tour maybe a year or two, and then da- they'll be like, we got to do something new, and they're gonna have the same attitude of like, dude, we're not having fun touring anymore. But obviously, this band matters to so many people. Let's fucking bite the bullet. Let's put something out. That's what I think will happen. But I also think so. I give them 15 years between records. All I'm saying is, though, wait, are we already there? It might even. Yeah, we're already there. Dude, it might. It might. (laughs) I think we're past. My thing is, is when you're talking about two guys, two artists, two original artists, two like those two guys, uh, when you put them in a room, you know, there's going to be arguing. And again, when you hit a certain age and you're a certain and you have a certain success like those guys have, you know, uh, how do you? Want to? Why would you want to put up with that fucking bullshit anymore? Why would you? Hey, hey, I I can't relate because I've never granted, been there. That's all speculation. I don't know if there's any fighting. I'm just speculating. Yeah, but I can, But again, it these seems are two through the media. Yeah. it seems through the media that there's a little bit of, of give and take on right. what, what the next system of down record should sound like. So, anyways, with that, guys, let's get into my interview right now with Floor from Nightwish. 
I got a story behind the last time you guys were out here in Las Vegas. That was the last time I, I walked into the show and Vinny Paul was there uh, at your guys' yeah, concert. I remember. You remember? Did he yeah, go back there? And- weird thing. I didn't meet him. And I was, I mean, after the show, somebody said he was there. And I, I know that I saw him, but I, I, I could only think that guy looks exactly like Vinny Paul. But I just couldn't imagine that he would actually be there. Isn't such a, you know, use Pantera fan. <laughs> And then later, it turned out that it was him. We didn't get to meet, and uh, well, unfortunately, that will never happen again. Yeah, uh, it was crazy because you walked into the for people that don't know, it was at the Brooklyn Bowl, and we walked in there, and Vinny was one of those guys because he lived out here for a lot of years, um, and we all knew him. He would come to every metal show that he can go to. He would go. So I remember walking in, and if you if you walked up to him and just said, "Hey," he'd just talk to you and. Just the sweetest guy, but I do remember being like, "Oh, dude, Vinnie Paul's a Nightwish fan. How cool is this?" So I, I was hoping that yeah. he, he would he would go back there and talk to you guys because I figured he would do that. But yeah, me too, me too. Also because I found that show so difficult, it was so weird, and the audience was so irresponsive that I was really like, "Why do you even come to a concert if it doesn't seem like anybody gives a shit?" Uh, that that show really stood out for me. Like Jesus Christ, what a horrible place this is um yeah no offense uh, not about las vegas but just that place and just the vibe there was was really horrible and then you know you you try to make the best out of it as an artist but it's never as good as when you have when you yeah kind of have a better interaction with your audience and uh yeah i wish he would have seen us there instead of this yeah, because I remember even that I started to adapt my speeches to it. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody cares whatever I say, so I'll just say something. <laughs> it's it's one of those venues yeah. for people that don't know. Like, people are bowling while the band's playing. And I think that's something that they think is, you know, kind of part of the appeal. But, um, yeah, it's... Not for it, a band. <laughs> it's one of those... It's definitely... Yeah, like you said, it's just definitely one of those things that throw the band off. I, I actually saw... Um, dead cross there and mike Patton um from faith no more ran out and took someone's bowling ball and just th- threw it in the middle of the set because he was i think angry that they were bowling while he was playing <laughs> so yeah i can imagine that yeah it's just you know we bring the most fantastic shows to europe and then you get to the states and you get to stand next to a fucking bowling alley whoa <laughs> yeah. Man, so there's no no venues like that in Europe. Everybody's kind of a little bit more, uh, uh, if dare I say, respectful when they when they come to the to the band's performings. There's no there's no venues where people are bowling or doing side things. I cannot imagine not not with music like Nightwish. I mean, then you would maybe put a cover band there to play songs that everybody knows and that you don't really need to listen to. Um, but if you play, we're not the kind of band that goes well with bowling alleys. You know, we play real music that you really need to stand and be be a part of. Um, so that doesn't really. And I can imagine the guy who threw the bowling ball had the same experience. Like I'm not standing here trying to give everything that I have to people that are spending most of their attention to how a bowl is rolling. Absolutely. Hey, that's that's more than fair. But I'll tell you this, Vinnie Paul was there watching the whole show from the side, and I was right next to him. So it was a fantastic time um, for me. That's super cool. Memory-wise. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> for me, too, that he was there. And it's great to hear that you enjoyed the show anyway, because I will always give my best. Yeah. I just remember that um, in communication and interaction, um, it lacked something there. But uh, I'm happy that you had a good time. That's the most important 
absolutely didn't even notice thought you guys were phenomenal um it was just thank a, you it was a real like i said it was a real special show to see you guys in a venue you know like yeah. like that despite <laughs> yeah, absolutely. you know yeah all that so we are here um <laughs> Obviously, we're in, we're in weird times, but we are here. I, I want to talk about the record, obviously. Um, Human Nature has been out a little while now, and um, yep. fans' responses are coming in. Everything's been really positive, really good. Um, this record, I, I really do think that it's it's one of the records where there's so many subtleties to it. And when you open up the booklet, you see um, the orchestra that was involved. There's an orchestra called mm-hmm. the Pale Blue Orchestra, and then there was also something called the Metro Voices. Now... Was that all just done on the second part of the album? No. Uh, so the choir is on both the uh, songs with the band, basically, first half, nine songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the classical suite, and the choir, or the orchestra, is only on the second disc, mm-hmm. only on the classical. And that's the difference from before, because we used to have a lot of orchestra, you know, almost in every song. And uh, now we only have a string quartet. So there's, there's a difference compared to before. But the, both the orchestra as the choir has been working with Nightwish on uh, several occasions. And the importance for you guys to, to have the budget to be able to have real musicians do this is, is how important for the band's overall sound. Because I know a lot of bands will do a digital something or they'll do it in like program form. But your band always uses the actual members performing. How, how important is that yep. sounds for, uh, for what you guys are trying to capture on the album? really important really important and i'm really grateful that we we can do that because it's as good as samples might get uh it's still not the same thing as as an actual orchestra recording yeah there's still um it it still becomes more organic you can still do more with dynamics you can still on the spot say could you maybe try this or that or that and uh um i even think maybe samples are almost too perfect Mm. And humans always make tiny mistakes, and those tiny mistakes sound good. <laughs> Weird as it sounds, but if it's too perfect, it becomes clinical, and uh, you need some space for a string to kind of vibrate a little bit off, uh, which really sounds fantastic. Weird enough, as it might sound if I put it like this, but that's creating an or- organic sound, a lively sound. Um, same with singing with choirs. You, you even have fantastic, um, yeah, plugins now sounds for 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 choirs, but it doesn't beat the real thing, thankfully. <laughs> One of the songs that I did want to talk to you about that uh, there's a couple tracks mm-hmm. that I I really wanted to just talk to you about that vocally I think were um, really interesting to me. And the first one I want to talk about was How's the Heart. Now, tell us about recording mm-hmm. the vocals and finding the right vocal timing for this song in particular. Yeah, I think, I mean, um, it was almost one of the easier songs to get into because the melody is pretty straightforward if you compare it to, for instance, noise, um, uh, music or shoemaker. Um, it's a very dynamic song and also a repetitive song. So you need you really need to get the dynamics right to get the build-up interesting, keep it interesting. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the playing with all the different uh, instruments and sounds that, that were possible in the song really made it into wow. But for me, it was uh, a personal like highlight to think because of the lyrics. I love the idea to write a song that that the woman had a song to write about empathy and about the power of it. Um, 
also on a personal level, uh, knowing him a bit better, I think that that's just a huge wow factor just there. And there are even a little bit more personal notes in the second verse where he's really referring to me, um, how I met my uh, husband. Uh, we met where the cliff greets the sea. Um, and even about my daughter. Uh, now there's one that came for me. Um, so it, it became really personal. And uh, I think that's just really beautiful. Mm. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that part of it. That is really cool. Now, when it came to like the vocals to it, did you have to, you said it came kind of natural and very easy. Was there a lot of timing issues that you had to, to scale in order to, to hit it right in, in your, in your. Not in this term. No, no. no. No, more more in others, but uh, I'm sure there was some in this one too. But yeah, there are a lot of these little things in there that you really need to nail, else it just becomes weird and sloppy, um, but are irregular or just, yeah, um, really challenge, challengely yeah, written. <laughs> nice. Now, what about a track like Tribal, where it almost seems like you almost get to the growling part in it um, because it's such a mm-hmm. heavier song. So tell us about yeah. that vocally and um, if, if there was any testing of some growls on that track. Uh, yeah, we did that on, on the previous record, actually, but um, uh, there was no real growling in this, but more screaming. Mm. Uh, and where, yeah, it really, you know, the, the part where, where I'm just snapping out, basically, um, uh, it really had to sound really aggressive and, and more spoken almost than sang, which is something that I, I actually never done before. So that was a huge challenge to, uh, to get the energy right. And, and um, yeah, there's always a note in there. So what, what do you pick? There's always a form of melody, even when it's more like chanted screaming uh, vocals. Um, and where do you land with what kind of, yeah, uh, intention and uh that was a cool challenge and to build up like the 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 real tribal part where we all go into monkey style like who make these weird noises <laughs> it really felt like you know i'm standing there in in this little black uh singing booth uh where nobody can see me and i was so grateful that nobody could see me because you just need to kind of go into it all the way and uh, then come out of there and just look at the guy recording and the woman sitting there like, yeah, but that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to touch base on something you mentioned just a m- minute ago um, when we were talking about How's the Heart, and that is the, the word empathy and um, mm-hmm. how, how it's kind of getting taught more and more as generations go. Um, do you remember growing up uh, learning a lot about that, or is this something that's kind of a, a newer concept that we're teaching uh, our young, do you think? Um, well, I have a very empathic parents, mm. um, and a highly sensitive mother. So, um, I fortunately grew up with a lot of empathy and I'm grateful for that since I'm also wired highly sensitive. So, um, empathy, I think is, is super important in order to, yeah, uh, feel that you, that you matter. And that, that how you feel matter and that, that it's picked up when you don't feel great and that somebody actually genuinely cares. There's so much power in the question, how are you? Uh, and I don't mean the how are you in the States where you go and buy bread, but I mean with a hand on the shoulder looking into the eyes, how are you? And there's so much to that. I feel like it's kind of been lost in my upbringing, not from my parents um, because you know, I, I came from here from Europe. So we kind of had this kind of 
we had it in my home, but I didn't experience a lot of mm. it growing up around me, if that makes sense, where mm. what, what that made me mm. feel like was more of an outsider because I didn't have a certain mindset, you know, um, mm. that the people around me had that. Did you feel that as well growing up where you did or no? Well, I've always felt like an outsider for mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, part of it had to do with, with just being wired differently as I picked up much later. Um, exactly actually an American doctor who, a psychologist who named it first time, uh, highly sensitive. Um, it, it's, it's, um, it's one of the reasons why I'm pretty sure that I didn't fit in, uh, and I still don't. Um, but I don't really care about that because I don't need to. I can be in touch with the people that I want to be. Um, but it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't change the fact that you cannot be empathic to other people too. And sometimes you have to just show, show the right example, perhaps. So one thing I, I am a very big proponent on and I wanted to talk to you about is that you did go through a lot of schooling for your profession. How important is, um, mm-hmm. music education behind preparation for a career like this? Mm, well, it, it I wouldn't say that the schooling itself prepares you for the career, mm. but it helps you with a couple of things, um, um, depending on your willingness to learn. I, um, I think schooling, musical schooling, once, one of the biggest things it can do is that you walk out with a network uh, from the get-go, because you'll need a network. It's not who you are, it's who you know. That's what Metallica sang, and it's really true. Um, then of course you still need to be able to do something and you need to be good. Um, so it makes no sense to go into studies if you're not good. You need to be good, at least good, preferably great, um, in order to survive. And schooling just helps you to set up a great network, uh, and, uh, helps you to fine tune some technical things uh, and hopefully prepares you for a couple of the, the actual business side of things, depending on what you're going to do. Um, but, uh, I've worked, I've both studied as worked as a teacher in these kind of schools and, um, the ones that really make it usually never needed the school to start with. <laughs> nice. It's just icing on top, but the network is so important. Like you said, that that's something that I think a lot of people, um, need to hear is that you can't just go out there not knowing anything or write songs in your basement without an access to get it out to the world. Um, and that's it. Yeah. And that's that's a very good point. Now, currently, we're we're in the situation across the world, as as everybody knows, with this COVID nineteen thing, and um, it does kind of uh, put every band in a situation right now where you put out the record, the music's out there, and touring is such a big part of Nightwish. You guys have always toured the world, mm-hmm. and for that not to be in the foreseeable future. Um, is there other things that you guys are working on kind of to get the record out there to promote these songs so it doesn't kind of fall with this, this quarantine type of uh, atmosphere that we're living in? Um, no, and I, I don't agree that it might fall. I mean, as much as it seems like it takes forever at this moment, we're mm-hmm. looking at only a couple of weeks of mm-hmm. quarantine. And at worst, it's going to be a month. At worst, it's going to be a year, maybe a year and a half. But on a lifetime... Really? It's not that long. We're so used to everything happening fast. If anything, I think this COVID-19 teaches us to slow down. And um, this album is not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Um, so the album is going to sound exactly the same a year from now as it does today. So um, 
sure we're generating all the attention now, but um, if people really want to see us and they really go into this album and they know it's going to happen, we'll make sure everybody knows it's going to happen. Then, then we just then it's just one year later, and that's really how I see it. I still can only think health first. If we're healthy, then that's all that matters. The rest are luxury problems. I'm super happy we got to release the album so people can enjoy it. Uh, maybe even more in these trouble days where people are at home and we will then sit with it and enjoy it. Other than that, you know, time is time is just a matter of uh, perception. Um, next year, fine. Next year it is then. Now, one thing that I, I did want to kind of touch base on is that you were talking about the safety of the fans and everybody, and that being the most important thing. And uh, I agree with you completely on that. Do you think uh, there is a way to, to kind of take safety precautions at concerts to uh, it, with, that wouldn't change the experience and connection between fans and the audience? I think with, with, the, with the virus in our hands that it has spread so easily, mm-hmm. uh, the only way to prevent it is by not doing the concerts. Um, and because it would only take one person who's infected in a group of, I don't know, thousands mm-hmm. to spread it once again and that's also why i don't think we can we can do very much uh, on a short notice because we don't have a vaccine and even when we have a vaccine we don't have enough to all of a sudden you know vaccinate a world population um so so i don't think there are many more precautions and uh, walking around with something around your mouth and washing your hands and see everybody run around with hand sanitizer i don't think it's going to cut it because uh, if it would we would we would still be touring. <laughs> it scare it scares me a little bit because I do feel like um, until there is absolute safety, I think that it, it the live events which which have been a part of our lives, like you said, it's kind of a blip mm-hmm. if you think about it. When we kind of look back on it, when when everything does resolve itself, like you said, a year, a year and a half in your life. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, I feel like that if we don't have it in our life, we'll miss it more and we'll appreciate it more. But I think that's also going to help exactly. us help us out as, as fans of music to be like, all right, well now we can slow down and listen to records like we used to. Cause you're right. A lot of the yeah. stuff with the headphones and, and the streaming services now it, it's, it music's become a background noise and this is going to slow down. I think a lot of that for people to experience it the way that I think it's supposed to be. Do you, do you agree with that? Well, I don't know, supposed to be. I mean, we are living in times where things change, and fair enough if they do. But, um, uh, yeah, if you feel like, oh, I'm missing so much. I see a lot of focus sometimes on, oh, things are different than they were, and I wish that things could go back to normal. And there's so much energy going into wishful thinking. Uh, What if we do change it around? And, okay, we know it can change right now. So we can focus on the things that we do have. And there is a, a musical library that is so endless we would need 20 or 30 years more of, of pure quarantine to even go through it. And then probably you would still not have heard everything. So there is enough to do. There's enough music to experience and sure the social elements of it all and have the, the energy of a concert held. Uh, that's something else, but we don't have it. And once again, I want to stress that the importance of our health, it might sound like I'm your mom, but I... It's for real. If you, if imagine you would really get sick, imagine you would really, really go into an intensive care and fight for your life for weeks, 
you could die. It's not a joke. It's not an inconvenience. It's a life threat. And from that, everything else is a luxury problem that can then be seen from the positive end. Like, first of all, I'm healthy. Wow. Lucky me. Because there are a lot of people who are not, and a lot of people that are dying, thousands on a daily basis globally. It's, it's, you know, we should not even be discussing how how sad it is that we can't do something if they are just sitting here surviving. Uh, I think that is is a very, very, very important thing to always remember that with every day that passes by, that you maybe feel a little bit sorry for yourself. If you're healthy, you can totally forget about feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> One thing, though, that I, I, I do fear is that uh, there's going to be, I mean, we have to not be divisive on this, I think, as a, as a, as a world, which is uh, definitely get, something that I haven't seen in my lifetime, I think, where the world has to be on the same page. But, uh, yeah, exactly. But um, the, the point, sorry, my son came in. Come here, Briscoe. What's up, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must have woke him up when I was talking. Hey, I'm on the phone. Can I, can I see you in a second? I'll go in your room, okay? And I'll put you to sleep. I'm sorry I woke you up. Okay. No. You want some water? Good I'll morning. Get, I'll get you some water in a second, buddy. I'm so sorry. I'll be right there. Go ahead and close the door. So I'll, I'll be quiet. All right? Thanks, pal. Sorry about that. No. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's the best. Just wondering what you're doing. I know. Yeah, it's I, the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Uh, wow. I'm in the bedroom next to him, and uh, I got two kids. I got. He's my four year old, and then I have a nine month baby sleeping in the other room. Oh over wow. There. Yeah. He's wow. Like, Talking sleep deprivation, huh? Yeah, a little bit. You know. You know. <laughs> They're, they're, they are, that's the one thing during, like, during this quarantine for me, like, oh, the time, I get these magic moments with them every single day, you know, it's like, yeah, it's well, so nice great. you're saying that. Oh, man. I hear a lot of people nag about it, like, oh, man, I'm stuck with my children at home. It's like, well, like you even have kids if you don't want to spend that much time with them. Isn't it just a wonderful present to have that much time? God. exactly do you remember like right before i had the the um the first kid the people oh you're not gonna get no sleep you know where the negative people that just came at you and i just would look through them like you don't know what you're talking about man <laughs> like, no sure no. enough none of those none of those experiences their negative nonsense affected me at all there was like eh, a little sleep loss this and that you know there's a little frustrations but i mean I don't know. My kid, I, this four-year-old, he shows me how to live every day. I just watch him, watch the world through his eyes. And uh, I learned wow. I learned more than I, I think I did growing up. You know, that's that's the way I see it. So I did want to bring up one thing during the promotion of this record that I thought was real cool. You guys were the first band ever to get a photo uh, shoot in the legendary cathedral of the Natural History Museum in London. Tell us the story behind that. <laughs> Well, we had we are in touch with somebody who works there um, that we visited. She works in two different um, um, facilities of the Natural History Museum. There's also one uh, in a smaller village nearby that we visited the year before. And when this idea came, we we asked her if she could help us make it work. And um, it was a long shot, but apparently it just worked. So <laughs> it's really amazing. Yeah, dude, the, and and the photos and all that stuff, um, they they came out fantastic. But um, thank you to uh, to do the, the the whole concept behind it. It was just that simple. It was like, all right, we're gonna go for this, and then you guys got it. Yeah, well, I don't know all the ins and outs, but yeah. um, uh, I I try to. Um, uh, we 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 had the idea, and it it looked really positive, and uh, 
it even made me inspired it inspired me to to um, wear those kind of clothing so when I started to sit with the lady who designs my outfits uh, I wrote her like I have this and this and these ideas without even giving away that we were gonna do the shoot there but um, it just yeah it's such an inspiring place on all levels and so we were very lucky that we we had this possibility a couple of hours in the London History Museum without other people. That's just, just you know, without just the pictures as a result. Just, just that experience was, was mind-blowing. Absolutely. So I got one more question for you, and then I want to promote one more time. Everybody, Nightwish's new record, Human Nature, is out right now. Make sure you guys are picking it up. Like I said, it, all the subtleties, all the sounds of this record, It's it's got a life of its own. It's really organic. It's a, it's a great record which has come to be expected from everything that you guys do. But make sure you guys are picking up this record. It's out right now. Last question. Um, when doing research, one of the strangest things that I saw was that um, there was a new beetle, a new form of beetle that was named after you. And I was yeah. wondering, is this the strangest thing that a fan has ever done for you? Name a new species of life after you? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty unique. There's even a fossil now named after me as well. Um, and yeah, that that is very weird. And there's even somebody, um, I think he's from Finland, who tattooed that beetle on his uh, arm, but like huge also, just because he, he liked the way it looked and he loves me <laughs> and he loves our music. So now he has that beetle on his, on his body. Um, yeah, that's just amazing but yeah i mean since i am so connected to nature ever since i was a child as a, as a kid i wanted to become a biologist mm. that so many years in uh, an actual biologist finds a new species of beetles and decides to name name it after me that's just uh, that's a huge huge honor it's that's crazy have you ever seen or been around the species of beetle out of curiosity no yeah. no i mean they live uh they live in a remote area and uh um, but I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, <laughs> that counts. That counts. <laughs> but with that floor, I want to thank you so much once again uh, for everything for the new record. Fantastic career. Uh, been a fan for so long. Thank so you. I want to thank, thank you, s- you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It was wonderful to talk with you. Um, take good care for you and your family and for everybody that's listening. Uh, enjoy life as it is. It's different, but stay healthy. And when you are. Enjoy it. Enjoy our new album, maybe in the slipstream of it all. Sit down with it and um, close your eyes and let it take you to different places. If you can't travel, music can do that. So thank you very much.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. Sucks Podcast. 
All right, guys, and we are back. First two songs you heard is off the latest record from Nightwish, Human Nature. It's out right now, guys. Make sure you're picking it up, pre-ordering it, checking it out right now. It's out there in the world. First song is called Noise. Second song we talked about a little bit in the interview. That is Tribal. Third song you guys heard is from Killswitch Engage. That song is called To the Great Beyond, and it is on the record Atonement 2 b-sides for charity it's out right now guys it's for charity all the money's going for the covid relief so did want to uh, play a song by them make sure you guys are checking out it's a six song five song ep but it's 25 minutes and uh hey it's kill switch so i'm sure if you dug that song you dig the whole thing so with that i also want to thank everybody out there for the five star reviews we keep getting on itunes that is all we ask for as a program as a podcast if you guys can take the time go to apple itunes Click five stars. Don't even care if you write a review. That's all we're asking for, guys. And also, I want to thank everybody who's supporting our other podcast, Rise to Offend. You guys are the best. So everybody stay safe out there. Until next week, my friends. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.